0: Hi, and welcome to SpondyCast, where we bring together the best medical minds, thought leaders, scientists, patients, and caregivers to inform and inspire the spondylitis community. I'm your host, Jill Miller, living my best spa life, knowing that how we meet today has the power to change everything going forward. Hi, and welcome to SpondyCast. Today, our guest is Dr. Leahy Ader. A clinician scientist at Women's College Research Institute and associate professor of medicine, University of Toronto in Canada. Dr. Ader has a broad background in rheumatology with specific training and expertise in psoriatic arthritis, musculoskeletal ultrasound, and cardiovascular diseases in rheumatic patients. She's also the co director of the Cardio Rheumatology Clinic at Women's Hospital which is Canada's first clinic specializing in the early screening and treatment of heart disease in individuals with rheumatoid arthritis, psoriatic arthritis, and ankylosing spondylitis. Through her work, she aims to improve the management of rheumatic diseases and also studies the barriers to equitable care in rheumatology, including the role of sex and gender as determinants of disease outcomes. Dr. Ader, thank you for joining us. I'm really excited to talk to you a little bit about uh, the intersection of our hearts and our uh, rheumatic diseases (laughs) today.
1: Thank you, Jill, it's a pleasure to be here.
0: So I I have to ask before we even get started, I heard recently a a quote not related to rheumatology, but it, it resonates with me here, which is the first one through the door opens it for the rest of us. So I'm very curious what inspired the Cardio Rheumatology Clinic.
1: Thank you. Um, I, I should say that um, starting as a fellow, I, I was trained doing my advanced training in Toronto, and I found that it, it's really fascinating this intersection of the heart and vessels and inflammation and. Uh, I started studying it and when you read my bio, you can see that I'm interested in multiple things, but imaging is also one of these. And I, I started uh, doing ultrasound of the carotid arteries and looking at um, you know, the progression of this disease in, in people mostly with psoriatic arthritis. And then when I, I became faculty, it turns out that my uh, both there, my, our physician in chief, who is a cardiologist, is also interested in cardiorheumatology She's she was mostly doing managing patients with lupus and the heart complications. But we started to think together how we can improve care of patients and also advance research at the same time. So. We had really good connection uh, at the personal level, but also a professional level. And uh, we created this combined program that was, as you mentioned, the first one in Canada and uh, one of the first one in the world, in fact. So, uh, and I'm I'm really glad to see that this topic is picking up because within the cardiology area, uh, there are now more and more Cardio rheumatology programs and the cardiologists are starting to realize that this is an important topic, and uh, there is now one in Harvard now and um, in in NYU. So we, (laughs) I think uh, uh, this is it's really nice to see that uh, there is more. um, I I guess people are starting to acknowledge this that it, it is an important topic to study and to to manage patients better.
0: Yeah and the the cross collaboration I'm sure is so important across the different specialties kind of finding the spots where the boundaries intersect I think is to me that's how we all drive change right so yes. um, so we're we're grateful for your work so can you tell us a little bit about some of the the risks related to cardiovascular with patients who have rheumatological diseases so- or- in particular, I guess?
1: So I I think the common theme across different rheumatic conditions is inflammation. So we know that whether people have rheumatoid arthritis, whether they have arthritis, whether they have psoriatic arthritis, or even osteoarthritis, which is not considered to be inflammatory, but there is a component of chronic inflammation. Inflammation is not good for the joints, but it's also not, not good for the heart and for the blood vessels. Uh, we also know now there is advanced in understanding that atherosclerosis, which is the process that includes buildup of plaques uh, that contain cholesterol and other things within the arteries, uh, which is the process that eventually leads to heart attacks and stroke and angina. Uh, this process is driven by inflammation. It's like low-grade inflammation in the blood vessels. And um, so cholesterol is important, but it's not just a cholesterol component. So, having a condition that involves chronic inflammation uh, has an influence not just on the joints, but also on the blood vessel, on the development and progression and rupture of plaques that eventually lead to these conditions. Um, so, I think we can talk more about mechanisms, but I think inflammation is the common theme that. Uh, in is relevant to spinal arthritis as well as to other conditions that I mean, leads to the increased risk of developing these conditions: I mean, heart attack, stroke, and
0: So, one question I have: so you're you focus a lot on ultrasound, and you were saying a lot of the arteries and blood vessels. Is there is some of the correlation between the ultrasound work around cardiac? I'll just put it in in the. In the, uh, I don't know if that's the right word, um, but when you're looking at arteries and blood vessels, do you is there a correlation to what is seen in ultrasound around like inflammation of the joints and enthesitis? Is that where the intersection is?
1: Yeah, so it, it's a very good question, and you don't necessarily. We've we've done some work that looked at carotid, so they. Arteries, which are the arteries that bring blood from the heart to the brain. And we can see and quantify how much plaques there there are in these arteries. And we've shown that in people with psoriatic arthritis, there is a correlation between how much inflammation there is in their joints and what is the the levels of um, inflammatory markers in the blood, which is another way to measure inflammation and the extent of plaques in their arteries. There were many, many other studies um, done, um, mostly in rheumatoid, I should admit, but there were also studies in in psoriatic arthritis, uh, as well as fewer in ankylosing spondylitis, that showed that having more intense inflammation, uncontrolled inflammation, whether you measure it by the number of tender and swollen joints, whether you measure it by Levels of CRP, which is a measure of inflammation, these people are at higher risk of future development of heart attacks, stroke, angina, and so this is another way to kind of show that controlling inflammation is very important when we consider ways to reduce the future cardiovascular risk.
0: So I'm going to throw a curveball at you because I just had a. A, a thought that turns into a question because, right, cardiovascular health is so important uh, and it is a massive killer of people. Uh, and we know that things like ankylosing spondylitis or spondyloarthritis are like a seven to 10 year diagnosis cycle and inflammation is at the core of all of this. Yep. Why, when we go to our general practitioner, aren't we asking questions about inflammation? Are, right, because I know that there's a lot of subjective, sort of self-reported or self-submitted data around it, and there's blood work, and I think a lot of people who have diseases like SPA are, uh, it doesn't always show up in the blood, but the inflammation is there when we look at like joints. So why aren't we ta- why aren't we talking about inflammation at the GP level, the general practitioner level?
1: So uh, I'm glad that you asked this because. Uh... <laughs> it goes back to a little bit to the management of how can we prevent future yeah. cardiovascular events in people that already have a diagnosis of spondyl arthritis and who should be responsible? Is it the responsibility of the rheumatologist? Is this the responsibility of the family, family physician? Is it who's, because um, I think among rheumatologists, it's sort of well known that um, pretty much all of the cardiovascular, all of the the rheumatic conditions, systemic rheumatic conditions are associated with increased risk and that we should pay attention, we should check the blood pressure, we should check cholesterol, but then um, it brings up the question who should manage, like let's say we found high blood pressure, we found cholesterol, is it the responsibility of the rheumatologist to take care of this, or should this be the responsibility of the family physician? Cardio rheumatology programs like the program that we have in Toronto are not common. So it's it's hard, right. like it's eventually the bigger community of patients or people who live with arthritis don't have access to such programs. And um, I believe that it should be a combined or collaborative model and. Um, I, I would also include the patients here because I, I think many family physicians are unaware of that increased risk. And yeah. I think that it is responsibility of the rheumatologist to screen for these um, risk factors. But many rheumatologists don't feel comfortable and don't have the updated knowledge of management and don't have the time practically to manage all of the health issues. Yeah. And but it's their responsibility to educate uh, both uh, people who live with arthritis and the family physicians and communicate this um, in, in notes or in other wow. ways to uh, make sure that these are being taken care of. And here I, I also um, include people who live with arthritis because there is also lack of knowledge there. And many people are unaware of this connection Right. And I think advocating for yourself is also very important. So. Oh, I
0: agree. I have like an infographic in my head now that's like, here's this, here's you at the center and here are all the things we need to manage um, to get better outcomes. Okay. So uh, once someone is diagnosed with spondylarthritis, or is starting to become concerned, like What role does monitoring the cardiovascular piece play in reducing outcomes? Is is what importance is monitoring? we talked, we just touched on this a little bit, but how do you monitor this? What are we looking for?
1: So I think what I try to do, and I believe that works better for for, um, my experience, When someone is being diagnosed, receives a diagnosis of um, spondyloarthritis, psoriatic arthritis, many times it's overwhelming. Uh, There are lots of many, many topics to discuss and to deal with, especially if the disease is very active and uh, now there needs to be considerations of what medications to start and to get the disease under control. In my opinion, that's not the best time to start talking about cardiovascular risk. because there are more urgent things to consider um, i th- there are also issues around measurements of lipids that can change with some medications or with more intense inflammation these levels tend to fluctuate and may um, may change when someone reaches a remission or it gets to a stable level so i try to discuss these topics when with with my patients when the disease is sort of uncontrolled and when a someone is kind of uh, more uh, I would say uh, available to listen and to consider this topic and and then I think is the right time to start managing and screening and discussing cardiovascular risk and um, as I mentioned the measurements of lipids can change so it's better to ch- to measure it when the disease is stable not when we make changes in medications and um, of course uh, there, there is there are caveats and sometimes we do need to do this risk stratification which is basically assessment of the actual risk because some medications um, are not allowed to be prescribed in people that are at very high risk or people that already have a history of heart
0: attacks oh by okay. a oh, Bio- like a biologic or a medication for to treat the arthritis.
1: exactly some okay. medications are, are may actually increase the risk i don't know if you want to touch on that but they, well, there are some know. new data so
0: yeah a list-
1: something to be
0: yeah we do i think we do want to touch on that because uh how do those medications used to treat the disease affect heart health and how do we Take the right precautions.
1: So, in arthritis and um, there is there is similarities between that. I consider it within the arthritis, psoriatic arthritis, and, and axial spa. Um, most of these medications. So there the bro, there is a little bit of a broader range in in psoriatic arthritis than in axial spa in terms of the classes of biologics that are approved. But generally speaking, most of the injectable or all of the injectable biologics have not been shown to increase the risk of cardiovascular events. In fact, uh, especially with the TNF inhibitors, medications like Adalimumab or um, Canercept, these have been around for a long time. And there's been studies that show that they may even reduce the risk, so they, they may be even protective. Um the issue is um, important with a newer class of um, advanced therapies that is called JAK inhibitors.
0: Sure. Um
1: these are oral medications, so they are given as tablets. And um There has been some safety concerns regarding um, an increased risk of developing cardiovascular events and and deep vein thrombosis or pulmonary emboli with these medications, and therefore this class received the black box warning from the FDA. So when we consider this, we have to discuss these potential risks with uh, patients. Now, I should say at this point, it's very important for the rheumatologist to make this risk assessment because the risk is very, very, very low uh, in young people, in people who don't smoke, in people who don't don't have any of the cardiovascular risk factors, but it's much higher in older people, especially above the age of 65 and people that are current smokers and people who already had heart attacks. So in this situation, it becomes a discussion of the risk versus the benefit, because these medications are also very, very, very effective to control inflammation in some people who have failed multiple biologic medications. This may be the only option for them. And then it's, you know, weighing this risk versus benefit. And many people are willing, you know, to it's, ultimately, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a mutual decision between the rheumatologist and the, and the patient, but the patient needs to get the accurate information about safety issues.
0: Okay, and this, I'm gonna take a little turn because we did have a question from a listener, and I think this is the appropriate spot for it, uh, which is, does having spa increase the risk of blood clots and deep vein thrombosis? Uh, what do we know about that? and the t- you mentioned a tie to some of the Jack inhibitors. And I don't know if that was the context of the question, but it sounds like there is a concern. But I know that Jack inhibitors are also new. Uh, and sometimes we don't know until we have a little more data. So I'm going to seek the expert advice here.
1: <laughs> so you're, you're right. I suspect that this question came in relation to cons- maybe consideration of Jack inhibitors and um, so deep vein thrombosis are um, unlike cardiovascular so like heart attacks or strokes which are affecting the arteries which are the vessels that bring blood to the organ uh, and therefore the relation to atherosclerosis and plaques and all of the things that i mentioned before uh, Deep vein thrombosis are affecting the vein so the mechanisms are a little bit different and um, but um, the relationship with Jax in terms of safety issues, cons- they consider both arterial as well as venous problems or thrombosis. Um, the black box warning that I mentioned is relevant for this issue as well. Uh, there's been less studies in in spondyloarthritis and psoriatic arthritis regarding DVT and pulmonary emboli, but there seems to be a higher risk compared to the uh, general population, okay? So it's probably also related to the inflammation that I mentioned before. Inflammation is not good for the blood vessels, whether this is arteries or veins. And as well, they are also associated with some of the other issues or comorbidities that tend to be associated with spondyl arthritis. So for example, and uh, we've done a study in psoriatic arthritis and we found that um, obesity and uh, diabetes are associated with an increased risk of developing uh, DVT and pulmonary emboli. So some of these issues that tend to kind of be associated with these condition also increase the risk of DVT and PE. Okay. So it's also, again it's 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 what we call risk stratification so discussing this risk and finding whether someone has these risk factors of developing deep vein thrombosis so for example if someone already had it before then that's a high risk of recurrence i would not prescribe a jack inhibitor to someone who has a history of dvt and right So these kinds of things need to be assessed by the rheumatologist and and then considered whether this person is at high risk and that may not be the right drug for them.
0: Yeah, and I know it can be scary when you start a new medication and whether it's in this case like a a DVT risk and somebody says, well, you have a 50% increased risk of getting DVT and maybe the general population is one in a thousand. So you go from one to 1.5 in a thousand, and then you stratify the risk based on what's, I guess, I don't know if the right word here is like, what's statistically relevant, but you would look at a, one, a bump. So I, I think that it's really, it, it's becomes more than just the, the warning is there. Your advice is make sure you talk to your rheumatologist and really understand how they're looking at the risk for you specifically.
1: Yeah, and I think, Jill, this is a very important comment that you made, and thank you, because the absolute risk is very different than the relative risk. 50% it sounds very scary, but going from one in a 1,000 to two in a 1,000 is, is not a lot. It's still a very low risk. So translating this um, within an individual um, scenario is very important.
0: Yeah, good. Okay, so let's pivot just a little bit so we talk a lot on this podcast about uh, what we eat and how we manage our stress. How does that play into better outcomes around heart health for people in general, I guess, and with, with also rheumatic diseases?
1: So I'll, I'll touch on stress first because I think this is really important. Uh, it's important for many, many, many things, not just so, arthritis. Um, I I think there are many ways of addressing stress and uh, managing it, Um, and and it's something that uh, I think everyone needs to find the ways that work for them best, Uh, but there's been studies that looked at stress and also depression as as, uh, comorbidities, and we know that at least in the general population, there is a strong link between and mental health and future cardiovascular risk. And diet is is a topic that we actually study in, in our clinic because especially within the psoriatic arthritis population, there is a st- very strong link between overweight and the risk of developing psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. And uh, this brings the question and it's a question that's coming up many times in almost every clinic, what should I eat and what shouldn't I eat in order to make my arthritis better. And um, We are currently doing a study on, on diet. We are randomizing uh, patients with psoriatic arthritis to different types of diet. And we hope that we'll have some new data in the hopefully next year. Uh, but I, I can say that I don't think there is one component in the diet. You know, some people tell me about tomatoes or other components. I think it's a whole thing of diet is many many components. And generally speaking, we know that Mediterranean type of diet that is rich in uh, fruits and vegetables and um, reduced in uh, red meat and uh, more fish and uh, unprocessed food. So it's more principles rather than uh, specific components. Uh, is a is a diet that is has been shown in multiple studies to improve cardiac health and may also be beneficial to uh, inflammation to reduce inflammation in
0: general. Okay, good good root cause. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we did uh, talk a little bit about. Uh, how people communicate with their health care providers about their heart health so i just want to circle back on this because i think it's important to look at our responsibility as the patient but also is it i find it's recommended at least it works for me i'm very direct with my doctors about like can you help me understand this? Or can you help me manage this? Or I've chosen to now when you were talking about blood work, I only get blood work done with my rheumatologist. And I, when am I, and another doctor tells me to get blood work. I say, we'll get it when I get my six month blood work done. And then it's all in one central location. So in terms of communication, any strategies you recommend to streamline the confusion <laughs> um, when you have multiple doctors and specialists involved?
1: I... I believe in family medicine, to be honest. I think they are, uh, they have to be the coordinator of care and because things become so complex and um, many of us rheumatologists are getting so specialized in one area, um, I I think it's very important that the family physician is is aware of what's going on and take responsibility on topics like managing blood pressure and managing uh, cholesterol lipids. Uh, because rheumatologists, as they go further away from their internal medicine training, many of us are not updated in new medications. And there's been lots of advances in the field of diabetes, for example, has had huge advances. And we are not, and uh, most of us, rheumatologists uh, are not comfortable in prescribing this. So if a family physician is assuming that the rheumatologist is managing everything, I think that's the wrong message. I think family physician um, can and know better than rheumatologist how to manage these things. And I think it's, it's important that they are aware of what is going on and uh, manage these, these particular patients. Uh, I think the rheumatologists are uh, the ones that, uh, you know, take responsibility on risk stratification and make sure that they consider all of these things. As I mentioned, it's important for selecting with biologic therapies. It's important to uh, inform the patients of potential risks. There are other aspects, but uh, ultimately I think it should be ideally a collaborative approach rather than someone taking responsibility.
0: Yeah, and I... uh... I'm lucky because my two doctors are, they collaborate well together, Uh, but it also comes into, right? Because if we're talking about rheumatology related to heart health, that could also be, when I think about the family physician, uh, we also have, right? You have to go get your mammogram and your colonoscopy and all of your other recommended screenings and tests at regular intervals. And I think about this a lot, in fact, to the point where we added a policy at work this year that if you get all of your recommended screenings annually that your doctor recommends, you get a bonus week of vacation. That's great. Because it's to me, it's so important for people to be thinking about these things because it's a long game and it's important to look at ourselves as a system
1: i absolutely agree i think uh, our systems i can say in canada that there are many people with no family physicians there is not enough family physicians and that's um really our um countries failing people because preventative medicine is is so important so yeah um yes i absolutely agree with you that um, and that's I think one reason maybe we're having this conversation is that people and sometimes we we don't we're not in an ideal situation where the system is taking care of us and it's our responsibility to advocate for ourselves and Mm -hmm. make uh, our healthcare provider aware that or remind them that this is important we expect this to happen
0: yeah we had an episode air the other day, and I think what we landed on this was related to dismissing workplace uh, illness or illness in the workplace. And it was, you know, we are responsible for asking for what we need. I think is what uh, Dr. Jaffe said, which is really interesting. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, complementary therapies. Uh, do you recommend? Anything like acupuncture, massage that helps in improving heart health, reducing the inflammation?
1: I think specifically these are meant to improve, reduce symptoms rather than improve inflammation. I don't I'm not aware of studies that show that they actually reduce inflammation. That goes to supplements and supplements as well. I'm not aware yeah. of supplements that have been shown to reduce inflammation. I think uh, generally speaking, whatever, and we we haven't spoken about uh, physical activity and exercise, but whatever allows people to be more active and move um, or get up and move uh, is is critical because exercise is medicine and, and it's very, it's been shown multiple times that people who engage in regular activity even as little as walking twenty minutes five days a week um, is enough to, or it is better than doing nothing. So, um, so especially in people who live with arthritis, uh, pain is a major thing and it can, you know, uh, reduce activity. So, if acupuncture, acupuncture or massage therapy reduces the stiffness and reduces the uh, pain and allows people to move it's it's, it's important
0: yeah because it can be tough i know for a lot of people so do you recommend if somebody's not moving and doing a lot of physical activity that they just start small and keep increasing
1: yeah that's that's my recommendation so i talk about the exercise again when people are getting into a stable stage so initially when the disease is very very active when the joints are inflamed it's very hard to do exercise Yes and so at this point I'm focusing on the medication and management of this but then when if people are left with some residual uh, pain and then I discuss starting slow and in gradually increasing I also discuss the fact that uh, people can take some uh, medications to reduce pain an hour before they plan on doing something and that will allow them to complete the 20 minutes, half an hour walk or um, stretching um, as a way to
0: to slowly increase this. I like it. Uh, is there any uh, recommended standard of care just to, if you have spondylarthritis or rheumatic disease, what are the, are there specific tests you'd wanna be out there um, ensuring you're getting every year? And maybe this goes back to talking to your family physician and you're uh, looking at managing.
1: Yeah, so I, I would say um, because of that general increased risk um, it is recommended that uh, even young people uh, would have their blood pressure, cholesterol or lipids, cholesterol, and glucose, sugar levels in the blood checked at least every several years. When people are getting older, and in men, it's a bit earlier, above the age of 40. In in women, it's um, when they become after menopause, so around the age of 50, then it's recommended every year. So seeing um, your family physician every year and getting these things checked. I should mention though that, um, of course, if you have symptoms, so if you have chest pain, if you have shortness of breath, or if you have anything that is concerning of something that may be related to the heart, you need to check it anyways before that time period. Um, Sometimes uh, symptoms can be tricky because pain is something that can come from the muscles or the joints and there might be arthritis in the chest joints and that can be confusing. So uh, I think it's better to be on the um, side where you are more cautious and go to see your family physician and discuss it and they can decide whether they think this is due to a heart issue or this is due to the arthritis and having this thing checked. Especially in, I would say, women that tend to underestimate and kind of say, okay, take care of everyone else, but not themselves. So go and check if you have symptoms.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna summarize maybe four bullet points uh, that I think are how someone with spa or a rheumatic disease can continue to maintain a healthy heart, right? So in, what I've heard in the last 40 or so minutes is regular screenings and preventative advocating for yourself and trying to coordinate with your docs diet leaning toward heart healthy like a mediterranean diet and continuing to be active did i miss that and Uh, taking your uh, and mental what do we go through anything else
1: well one last thing that i didn't mention is stop smoking if you do smoke that, Mm -hmm. that this is really really important smoking is Bad for everything, including the spondyl arthritis and the heart. So that's and yes. there are ways that can there are now treatments that can help people stop smoking. So, yes, and again, fact, consulting with the family physician as well.
0: Yes, and in fact, on Wednesday, we just interviewed Carol Sutherland, who is a smoking cessation uh, uh, specialist. So, we just had that conversation, which is good. Uh, okay. All right, so we're about at our time. And I just want to know, did we miss anything? And to just say thank you for the commitment and the, the work you did to forge ahead on the, the Cardio Room Clinic.
1: Thank you, Anna. I, I enjoyed the conversation. I hope that people found, um, will find it helpful and informative. And um, yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Great. All right. Well, we will definitely, I'm sure we'll have more questions in the future for you. (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Ader. Spondycast was made possible by donations from the Spondylitis Association of America's individual members and our show's corporate sponsor, AbbVie. Since our founding in 1983, the Spondylitis Association of America has been the face, voice, and leading nationwide nonprofit educating, empowering, and advocating for people living with spondyloarthritis. Through our extensive work with patients, the medical community and partners, we provide information and resources to help people impacted by the disease live better lives and champion research to find a cure.